the yeah. process, you hear it all the time. Saban's all about it. Belichick, do your job. But Dan Campbell was like, I need you to trust me. I have a plan. And how many coaches that are listening right now, maybe you're taking a new job. Uh, maybe you're in a new position. Maybe you're you're taking a team that was a dumpster fire and you're trying to change the culture. Or maybe you're in a winning culture and you're trying to change the mindset of, hey, we're not going to be prima donnas. We're going to be blue-collar minded. Where we bring a lunch pail and a hard hat to work. But that's what Dan Campbell did. Whatever it is, whether you're trying to be like Deion Sanders and bringing your Louie or you're being Dan Campbell and you're bringing your lunch pail, both of them work. But the word that keeps coming to mind, and we can talk about this, is trust me. Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Well, JT, here we are, uh, another edition of The Culture Classroom, and this one's kind of just impromptu. It is uh, like Iowa-ish down here. It's like 18 degrees. So I guess for you, it's, uh, you're like, wait, hold on. We're negative 18 up here. <laughs> yeah. Li like literally that's the high, right? Like we haven't been in school for a week because we got hit with a blizzard and then another blizzard came and then the temperatures plummeted. So your the high is negative 18. The real feel is like negative 39. We got a foot of snow on the ground, uh, 40 mile an hour winds. It's dangerous. Like, Everything's been canceled, right? Wrestling meets, no, you know, after school activities, no early outs, late starts, couple snow days last week. So here we are, it's PD day. And, uh, but it, it's not, there's no heat wave coming anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, no heat wave, uh, definitely not here. Um, no snow or ice, it's all in North Mississippi. Uh, so we're just embracing the cold weather. And uh, enjoying some NFL. I mean, we get two more games today. How awesome is that? I mean, that's the best part, right? Is because when it's this bad up here, and and we get hit with a couple blizzards a year, you know, we'll get hit with a couple inches of snow, and then it'll blow. And it's the blowing that actually cancels school. It's not really the, the amount of snow. But this time we got the blowing and the amount of snow. But it's been really good because, like, the Tory household, we just kind of hold up and played some board games. And then I've watched every NFL game. And, I mean – the NFL, what they're really good at is keeping the NFL in everybody's mind. So two game doubleheader Saturday, you know, it's supposed to be a triple header yesterday. And then the Buffalo game got moved. Uh, they were calling for people to, to come help shovel snow. They were going to pay them 20 bucks an hour, give them free concessions. And so Bill's mafia, I mean, you just deal with this uh, off the great lakes up there, but it's really good, like to spread wild card weekend out, super wild card weekend, you know, to, to have games every day and nothing else going on. And it's January. And so why not? That's right. I'm, I'm you know, as I watched last night, you know, I was in the Dallas Green Bay thing. I told people at the school and we'll get into our podcast in a minute. So this is just some some NFL talk for you listeners. Uh, as I watched that. I was more like that is the game. I told people at the school like Green Bay. Dallas, old school, either one's going to get the Niners, so you're going to have some fun there. But Green Bay was just on a roll in the last part of the season. It started clicking. And then you go into the last night's game where you have the two quarterbacks who flipped, right, yeah. golf to the Lions and Stafford uh, to the Rams. But what a game. Uh, and I go back to Dan Campbell. 
and I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter and we can kind of move this into our podcast today. Um, there's nothing scripted, nothing here. We're, we're just, it was a 30 minute window and we're going to talk about the NFL. But what struck me this morning was Dan Campbell when he first got to Detroit and everybody thought he was full of junk. And we've talked about this, I think at length, probably two years ago or something or a year ago. I don't know, but how you got to trust me. And he made them tough and he, he brought the blue collar back to Detroit and what Detroit's founded on. And um, to win a playoff game for the first time since 1992, the yeah. process, you hear it all the time. Saban's all about it. Belichick, do your job. But Dan Campbell was like, I need you to trust me. I have a plan. And how many coaches that are listening right now, maybe you're taking a new job. Uh, maybe you're in a new position. Maybe you're – you're taking a team that was a dumpster fire and you're trying to change the culture, or maybe you're in a winning culture and you're trying to change the mindset of, Hey, we're not going to be prima donnas. We're going to be blue collar minded where we bring a lunch pail and a hard hat to work. But that's what Dan Campbell did. Whatever it is, whether you're trying to be like Deion Sanders and bringing your Louie or you're being Dan Campbell and you're bringing your lunch pail, both of them work. But the word that keeps coming to mind and we can talk about this is trust me is trust me, I've been in this business. I have, my, when he said in his first meeting on the field, he goes, I care about you and I think about you all the effing time. And I think that's powerful for coaches to hear, just not from NFL weekend and they win a game, a playoff game for the first time in 32 years, JT. And you've been in the NFL and you know it's a business. You know that side of it. But to have a guy that's leading a team and a lot of people thought it was fluff and they were making fun of him. They were mocking him. And now, you know, the fruits of those labor of coming in to fruition now, like, hey, we're going to be here. And they got another playoff game next week. So here's what I love about Dan Campbell and the Lions. First of all, there isn't anyone who embodies the blue collar mentality more than Dan Campbell and how he looks, right? Just looks alone. Like if I walk into a corner bar, a hole in the wall in, some, in any town USA, there's someone like Dan Campbell sitting there, right? <laughs> So I feel for what they for whatever reason I appreciate that that authenticity right the ability for him to be a leader for him to lead with credibility from the blue collar mindset I think that's powerful. Another culture piece is this didn't just happen right. So we want to look at culture in a vacuum and that's not the case. I mean the Lions were what they won four games a couple of years ago and then they won nine games last year eight games get a little closer you know so now all of a sudden it pops this year but it's really been building for the last three or four. And then the other thing that I really appreciated watching Dan Campbell and the Lions last night, back and forth, gritty game, right? The Rams kind of had a, a slump to start the year and then finished really strong, gave them a run for their money right up to the end. But what I really appreciate from a culture standpoint is all the people of Detroit that made it fun, that, that it was an event last night in Detroit. It wasn't just the Lions are playing and this is the first time in 30 years and blah, blah, blah. It was Eminem is there and Barry Sanders, Mr. Lion is there and Big Sean is there and uh, they got Eminem, all these people, right? They're all coming together for the Motown City because this doesn't happen very often. And when you get culture going in the right direction and you start to have a little bit of success, people have your back. 
And I think that's that's the fun part. I mean, they kept showing NBC last night, kept showing uh, the guy that's been the season ticket holder for 66 years. The 89 year old guy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like <laughs> this is the highlight of his life. This is the pinnacle of his life, you know, like and he gets to see it live in person. And think about how many decades you renewed ticket after ticket after ticket. I mean, I'm a Husker season ticket holder. Right. And like I've only been a Husker season ticket holder for about 10 years. And it's like. Man, every year, my wife and I have the conversation of, uh, do we really want to renew these? <laughs> and, you know, of course, we always do. But decade after decade after decade. So culture is just the thing that makes it happen. It makes it all go. But and and I think Dan Campbell reminds me of Bill Parcells when he took over the Giants in 1981. And uh, when they won their first Super Bowl in 86, you know, leading up to that, he told his team, he's like, look, if we don't win, they're going to fire me. And I think what makes the 86 Giants really special, even today, and I went back and I, I made some notes this weekend in the last week when we haven't had school because I have time to do that when you're holed up at home. But uh, there's a great book out there called Gary Meyer, by Gary Meyer, and it's called Once a Giant. It was my favorite read in 2023. So I went back in and actually made my physical notes over the weekend. But he talks about we're, if, if we don't win, we're going to get fired, right? And so what's step one of a culture? You have to have each other's backs. There's no way around that, right? Dan Campbell has to have his team's back. His team has to have his back. Eminem and Barry Sanders and all those other guys that make Detroit special, they got to have the Lions back. I I think that is step one when we talk about a rebuild or when we talk about doing things that are special. Yeah, and I I go back to Randy Jackson as we're sitting here talking about even with core values, and that's that was a buzz thing. And, yes, there have to be some principles and stuff, but I like what you said. The first thing, you have to have each other's back. And that's, I think, with the dog-eat-dog world, dog dog world that we're in right now, it's that, oh, I got mine, you better get yours. Versus, hey, I got your back no matter what. And yeah. you got my back no matter what. And I, I think that goes a long way when you start looking at the Lions right now. It is a, to use the word family, it is a family in Detroit rooting for the Lions to go win the Super Bowl. I mean, not just win a playoff game now. It's like, let's go win. On the flip side, you have Jerry's world. Right. Who's flipped upside down now. Where there's, I mean, we're on a podcast. Nobody's going to listen to us about this. But Jerry's like, he don't know if he's got the coaches back. Right? He's so... what Jerry does. Yeah. If you go back and watch, so here's what I love about the Cowboys, right? And and I I hate the Cowboys. Full disclosure, I am not a Jerry fan. I appreciate what he's built in the 35 years he's been the owner, GM. But like my dad and I have great conversations about this. Of course, my dad's hero is Barry Switzer. So it made no sense in the early 90s when Jimmy's winning the Super Bowls and he fires Jimmy and he brings in Barry Switzer from Oklahoma to run the option. Like, come on. Like, and Barry knew it. Barry knew he was the patsy, right? Like, it was Jimmy's team. Jimmy should have had three Super Bowls. In my opinion, Jimmy should be in the Hall of Fame. No ifs, ands, or buts. That should happen. Agreed. But you could see the panic in Dallas last night, right? Packers had a great drive to open the game. Dak has a couple turnovers. One leads to a pick six. You can feel Jerry World crumble. And, yeah. and, and again, culture, you and I talk about this all the time. Culture is felt. 
the culture of an organization is a feeling, right? And so it's like Jerry doesn't have McCarthy's back. I don't know what's going to happen, but go back and watch the last six minutes of that game. They kept showing McCarthy and his play sheet. And kudos to the, to the Cowboys. They've got so many weapons. They were able to crawl back into the game. It was just a little bit too late. But McCarthy looks like he's melting down on the inside. And you can physically see his eyes water, and he knows he's in trouble, right? And it's not just because they're going to lose this game. It's because of all these other things that happen. But that is part of culture, too. Like, it's a feeling. And so you want to be resilient. You want to be tough and, and want to overcome the circumstances. You have to do it from within first. Yeah, and as I looked at that, I think they put that on the play sheet on Twitter, and you saw him last night when they went down 27 to 7. You They went to his face, and it was just like, uh-oh. And not only for his team, but for his job. Because yeah. what we just talked about, he knows that Jerry doesn't have his back. He knows that Jerry's going for what's best for my Cowboys. I don't care about you. And yeah. right or wrong, indifferent, whatever, that's a big part of – you know, you say NFL's not for long, but every organization, whether it's elementary, junior high, varsity, college, or NFL, there are people in this equation. That's the that's the one mainstay that's through there is people. And as long as there's people, you got to have relationships, and those relationships better be impactful. And the impactfulness comes from you having each other's back. That's just yeah. like us doing yeah. this podcast. You got mine, I got yours. Hundred hundred percent, because you win with people, right? Mm -hmm. And like the Cowboys could have overcame those odds. They were down 14 early in the game. Their offense looked absolutely awful, out of rhythm in the first half. But that that's a team that averaged 37 points a game. You can't tell me they can't score quickly, get a couple stops, get right back into that thing, right? But again, that's culture. And that has to come from the leader. That has to come from the people around you. Where are the leaders in Dallas? Well, you and I just said it. He's sitting up in the press box, you know, in, in his own Jerry world, inside Jerry world. But I'm going to flip the script on it, too, because we have a big one this afternoon that is yet to be determined, and it's Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And I just want I, I want this to sink in, right? Because in a world that's NFL, not for long, in a world where there's turnovers and ultimate accountability and produce now or you're done, the Steelers have had three coaches in my lifetime. Hmm. So I don't know. How, I'm reading Tomlin's book. I'm about halfway through it right now. You talk about someone who has their back. You know, when he was hired with the Steelers, you know, at age 34, he's one of the youngest coaches in the NFL. Then all of a sudden it kind of opened this door to make uh, to, to have other young coaches come in. You didn't have to be 50 anymore to to get a head coaching job. You didn't have to be the hard ass to get a head coaching job. That's what Tomlin kind of changed with the NFL. But he has everyone's backs. I'm reading about how he's built this culture in his first couple of years, especially he would go to you know, the equipment guys, he would go to the trainers, he would go to the food staff, he would go to the janitors, like they he didn't sit in his ivory tower and say, hey, schedule a meeting, come up here and, and hang out and sit on my leather couch. He went to them. And so how can you have each other's backs if you aren't boots on the ground? If you sit in your ivory tower and, and try to rule from afar and from your own little bubble, I don't think it works. I think people see right through it. And I think that's where Dan Campbell and Mike Tomlin are really good at relating to people and having their back. Yeah, I call it being in the weeds. You got to get in the weeds with people and meet them where they are. And, you know, you hear a lot of leaders say, oh, I've been through that before. Well, if you've never been through that or been in their shoes or even walked, not a mile, but 25 feet with them and know what they do on a daily basis. You talk about the janitor. He knows his rhythm. I and mean, we've talked about this on a podcast about Tomlin before. 
about how intentional he is. So you see management and labor. Well, what Tomlin does is he takes his management and gets with his labor, where Jerry is management on the ivory tower, like you said, Jerry's world inside Jerry's world. And then you look at Dan Campbell, who embodies what Detroit's about. I mean, he's the guy that's blue collar, and we've talked about that in the beginning of the podcast of how he goes. But you look at it, it's a it's a Lions success story. It's a Cowboy catastrophe. And you start looking at uh, today's games are, I mean, you got Philly this afternoon or tonight with Tampa Bay. So a lot of NFL stuff, you see Jalen Hurts. And there's so many storylines. But the ones I wanted to pick on today were the Cowboy catastrophe. And I wanted to look at Dan Campbell and how polar opposites they are and you saw the fruition of like they all came to fruition yesterday of like, hey, it's almost like Dallas played uh not to lose and playing it safe. And it was like Dak Prescott was trying to wheel him on. Yep, here we go. Right. He was trying to you hear that, you know, here we go. And then he snaps the ball. He was trying to like get the offense going where Dan Campbell was like, I'm fixing to throw the ball with less than two minutes left because I know St. Brown is fixing to catch this ball and I believe in uh, golf who's going to make that catch and we're going to go win this playoff game. So uh, two different styles. Um, maybe you're a coach that likes the Louie and you like to sit in the ivory tower, or maybe you're the coach that is blue collar and wanting to get in the weeds with people, um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Well, and here I want to bring it full circle now, because we've talked about the good, the bad, the ugly, all these mm-hmm. things. Right. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned the here we go. Ready. And then like because my six year old was emulating that at home, like doing the same thing. He's got his helmet on his ball and all this other stuff. Right. And he doesn't know anything. He's six. He's just he's just emulating what he sees uh, other people that he wants to be like, do. But really, you and I talk about a position group all the time. Right. We talk about have an identity. We talk about give people something that's bigger than themselves that they can belong to and then stay connected to. And there's two parts to this that we've never talked about. And Gary Myers brings this out. I don't know why all the balloons are coming up, but that's okay. That's Uh, awesome. (laughs) uh, But Gary Myers talks about this in Once a Giant. There's two parts to building a brotherhood. So like you and I've talked about build your own identity, build your own position group. The first is you have to have each other's backs. We we just talked about that. Mm -hmm. The second lesson, you got to win. Like there is no substitute for winning. You and I can build the best cultures ever. We can make people feel the best ever. They, But if they don't produce at the end of the day, where does that get us? That's right. That's a lot of truth to that because I look at the history of our program and we have culture in our track program. We've won six of the last eight, won four in a row. We're winning because people are buying into it. You look at Detroit who haven't won in 32 years. Yes, there were people, a lot of people at that game. And it's an event. But what would the narrative be if they would have lost? Right, same old line, right? Same old, SOL. That's right, same old line. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, so change the culture. Those are the two things that matter the most. You got to have each other's backs, and you ultimately have to win. Hey, y'all, thanks for listening to another edition of the Culture Classroom. Coach Tori, thanks for this impromptu. Like, we had no script. We had nothing, and uh, this is what we do. When you live the life of it, uh, it's easy to talk about things that matter to you. So, uh, everybody, if you're in the north, bundle up. If you're in the south, uh, bundle up, too. It's just not as cold. Thanks for listening to the Culture Classroom. 
Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Coaches, how many times has your wife asked you, why are you getting home so late? I'm guilty of this too, and it's what sparked a conversation and eventually led to a playbook software. For my husband, it was the frustrations of time wasted on the busy work. Copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging plays, and making last minute changes to the playbook. And that's when it clicked. He made a list of features he wished Visio and PowerPoint had, and then created ProQuickDraw, a plugin specifically for drawing playbooks, making scout cards, and presentations in Visio and PowerPoint. Over three quarters of the NFL are using ProQuickDraw, and thousands of colleges and high schools are turning to this platform because it's addressing the problems modern day coaches have. Do me a favor, find us on the web, Pro Quick Draw, book a demo with one of our coaches, and tell them the Culture Classroom podcast sent you, and you'll get 15% off your annual subscription. Now get home to your wife.